Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina Mex Football Podcast, episode 315. Atlas won the championship, and now we're quickly getting started for next year with some transfers, some transfer rumors, some off-season banter. Let's get right into it. We are live on Twitter Spaces tonight, so if you're listening in, feel free to chime in on the conversation. Uh, we're also on YouTube if you prefer to chat with us. But before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel. Greetings, my Greetings. We have some breaking news. Chivas have announced their first refuerzo for next season. Piojo Alvarado from the championship Cruz Azul team has decided to join our forces. In exchange, Cruz Azul will be getting Uriel Antuna and Alejandro Mayorga. Uh, Antuna is a permanent transfer and Mayorga is a loan with the option to buy him at the end of the season. How do you feel about this? I don't know. I, I was I was big on Antuna. I might be one of the few few of the Chivas hermanos that like them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you have players that under one coach can perform better than uh, you know. So let's see how this guy does with. With um, who's our coach again? Leano. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Um, yeah, it's it remains to be seen. Will will there be? Is we said an upgrade? I know a lot of people feel like it is already, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the you know who's your coach, and if, if the, does that system benefit you? So who knows, man? I, I read both sides. I've seen some saying that they expect Antuna to blow up at Cruz Azul. We shall see. But I, you know what? I hope both players do good. I agree. Because you know, long-term, we'll benefit the selection. I'm not going to lie. It has been a absolute roller coaster offseason for Guadalajara. And uh, our fans have just been going through all the emotions, all the feels uh, before like the, well, after, yeah, during the season uh, towards the end when Mexico had that friendly in Austin, there was the early uh, rumor picking up about Antuna and Cordova potentially uh, trading places. And uh, that deal ended up falling through uh, because I believe Antuna didn't want to want to go to America or it, it, it all. Oh, no. Oh no, me Jaime, I need to. Let let's hear it. Let's hear uh, it. This this is from the mouth of Cordova himself. Cause he said he had the offer from Tigres. So he said, which team do I choose? And he said, I was obviously gonna go to Tigres because they're fighting championships. He said mm-hmm. Chivas doesn't even qualify, so I he said he won. Well, that's what he said. All right, so that's what Cordova said at the press conference. But 
I don't I don't necessarily think that's actually like it was his choice if he wanted to end up going to it wasn't his call. You think he would have you think he would have taken Chivas over Tigres? I I think it wasn't his call. I think at the end of the day something happened cuz you know Chivas right now in case you're living under a rock they don't have money. So they're bar- <laughs> they're bartering, you know, they're they're trading players and and doing all kinds of trading to to make these deals happen. Uh they're oh, not and, and- and not having money also means less wages. But but what what would you would have done if if I was you? Uh, if I was who? If you were Cordova. Both deals on the table. Which do you choose? Well, I think at the end of the day, Tigres wanted money. Uh, they didn't. Or not Tigres. Uh, America wanted money. They weren't necessarily interested in in doing uh, a trade. And and I'm sure that they felt that uh, it wasn't going to be a fair trade anyways because. Let's be honest. Antuna is not as worth uh, as much as Cordova right now. Uriel Antuna, according to Transfer Market, is uh, only worth about five million. Cordova is worth seven point seven million right now. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they do they do the same thing with uh, play, Piojo, Piojo. plus money. You yeah, know, I could have been same thing with uh, Piojo Alvarado. He was also he's also worth more than Antuna, so that's why they they ended up giving two players for. For Piojo, which I don't agree with, um, but g- going back to that statement with Gordova, man, oh, it 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 definitely rustled some feathers. It got all the Chia hermanos all upset, and I'm not gonna lie, man, I I got upset too. But then I realized, like, you know, he's just trying to make good with his new employer and his ex employer because with with one statement, he was able to, you know, to kill two birds. But is he lying? <laughs> You know? I think he just did the the right thing. If you're a new player, you know, joining a new team, you want to get the fans on your side. And he also didn't leave America with, you know, pride. He kind of left with the, his tail between his legs because they gave him the they gave him the number ten jersey, and and it was too heavy for him. The jersey weighed too much. He couldn't handle the pressure, and now he leaves. Yeah, and and you know, again, I'm gonna go with my with my theme of. Some players just perform better under under certain coaches or, or systems, and I think it's going to be good for him, you know, going to going to Piojo, and that's that's something we want to see with the with the World Cup qualifying coming to a close, and you want to see some of these young guys at the top of their game, and and hopefully these moves benefits them because it will benefit the team. There's another move that I read about Cruz Azul um, selling Cabecita Rodriguez, one of their main strikers, and and it's because they want to promote Santi. You know, they want him as a starter now, and and so that's another player that if you know, especially with with Mex lacking players, if he does get that push. You know, uh, and the first team, and, and he blows up. He could be one of those players that you know catches, you know, catches fire at the right moment, and and can play himself into a World Cup spot. Yeah, we we cannot forget how important twenty twenty two will be. This next season is all or nothing for a lot of players that are kind of on the cusp. They're they're kind of in the team. They're not in the team. Uh, Tata has called up a lot of young players. And I don't know right now. I don't think anybody anybody's spot is guaranteed. 
apart from maybe like the usual suspects like you know Guillermo Ochoa and Hector Herrera but uh, as far as the uh, starting lineup or in the striker department you know right now it, it's all up for grabs Macias is not getting any action in Getafe so I, at this current moment I can't see him making it to the World Cup and then you have players Wait, like which wasn't he supposed to return where, where is he they mean they, uh they, they... Macias was loaned out for a a tw- uh, one year 12 months Oh, um, they, but I thought they were going to, no. you know, the internet told me, everyone on Twitter was saying he's, yeah. you know, he's coming back in December. If I was Chivas, I, I'm like, hey, look, if you guys are yeah. going to use him, we're going to, we're going to, you know, cancel this loan because, you know, what's the point of him being on the bench? I would welcome him with open arms, but I mean, I, I think he's, he's one of those players that he, he's not afraid to fight for a spot, you know, he, mm. um. He's, it doesn't. It's not. He's not going to let that affect him. He's going to keep. He's going to, you know, stay at it. We've seen how it affected other players. We've talked about. Um, good Lord, what was his name? Aquino. Aquino, when he got, you know, when he was at, I think Rayo Vallecano or Villarreal, because yeah. well, they loaned him out. But he was in one of those clubs, and he wasn't making the first team. And he got in trouble because family came to visit and he was just taking him out sightseeing, you know. He he left on a mini vacay <laughs> and they kind of pissed off the club because they're like, they thought he should, he should still be like, you know, still there for practices or whatnot. I don't know if he asked for the, you know, just give me the week off. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of the mentality that sometimes you need where it's like, you know, you're at the bottom and and it's like just keep keep trying to get up. Um but yeah, like like you said, it's it's one of those years where where a lot of these players um can play themselves in into the selection and well JJ Mack might not might not be there. So I I'm still surprised. I I didn't keep up with him because I, I figured he was coming back and I thought, okay, well if he doesn't want to come back to Chivas, that's cool. But they could at least, you know, a team like maybe Leon or Pachuca. I mean, I know there's a few teams that would that would take him because he's. I, I do think in another club he would he would perform better than at Chivas. Mm. At least current, you know, unless they were to beef up and and get better players. But we've seen how he looks when he's surrounded with. That's mostly any player, to be honest. You sort of get surrounded by good talent. You're gonna look better. Yeah. If you're good, you know, but and with the goats is just the party, man. They they I don't know, they can't seem to put that on lockdown. Uh I do want to talk a little bit about the press conference that Wallahada had today, uh to announce Bio Alvarado. Obviously Pelaz took the reins and uh presented him as the player and really kinda threw a little bit of of shade, uh, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we got a player that's like got a proven track record, you know, all his numbers, his stats, uh, one of the best players under 23. And, you know, he's focused on his career and he's not necessarily focused on social media. And, uh, yeah, he kind of like made it kind of made it sound like, you know, Antuna wasn't really taking it serious and, you know, he's already had disciplinary issues in the past 
And, uh, you know, it seems like he's kind of trying to set, set the tone for next season. Uh, as far as the rest of the, the group goes and, uh, potentially maybe even, um, you know, foreshadowing that there might be other players on the way out. I know right now, Alexis Vega is picking up steam because he has less than a year left on his contract and he's not willing to uh, renegotiate with Chivas. And that means that, you know, he might end up going to another team like Rayados. So we really don't know what's going on. All we know is that uh, Chivas don't have money. So I would, I would not be surprised if they are willing to sell him because uh, he's going to end up leaving on a free transfer anyways. So why not sell him, get some money for him and then try and reinforce the team with a different player. I know Pizarro has been uh, picking up steam as well. Yeah, well, you know, I feel like um, I feel that with Alexis, they should. He probably wants to be like their 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 main player, which he he can be. So he's probably expecting better wages. Um, I forgot that list that leaked. Um, where it had wages. Oh yeah, I have to. I have, have to, to do some digging, but and I, I would I like know to see where about. where he is. Not that I think it's accurate, but I would like to see, you know, where he stands there, and um, just as point for reference, because he should be top three. You know, top three earner right there. Let's see, Alexis um, Vega makes. 150,000 uh, pesos a week. <sighs> and he makes around 7.8 million pesos a year. Uh, MXN to USD. That is about... Wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> like... Th- Wait, what? Um... What happened, Jaime? You, what list are you looking at? Uh, Google. It's like three, it's almost 400, it's like almost half a million. 377,000 yeah, uh, US dollars uh, a season. Well, the best players on average will make about 2 million. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, and then, and, and then, I, I I shouldn't say an average check in, in general. Um, and then the the, and then you have like the superstars, you know, like the King Yaks, and they're making, they're making like six or something, you know, they're way up there. But yeah, an average because because I mean, uh, what was his name? Uribe was making what like one point two. So I mean, I I know he feels he should be like in that category. And Chivas should. I mean, if they they do need to do that, like they can't keep players on on, you know, on minimum wage. They need to, they need to treat their top players better. Like he probably that's what probably he's asking for. You know, uh, just the wage increase, and maybe some type of release clause if a Euro team comes comes asking. Uh, welcome, Super Elbow. To the podcast, let uh, let us know yes, if you want to request request to uh, speak. I'll let you uh, uh, speak if you want to. 
Um, I, I you know from Alexi's perspective, it makes sense. Like, look, he's a he's he's one of the best players on Chivas. He is injury prone a lot though, and uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent. But you know, if you look at uh, the the wages that were freed up by uh, letting Peralta go, you know, I think he he's like, whoa, I should get paid that much. <laughs> You know, I think that's what he's, and and the thing is, Chivas don't really have a choice, right? It's not like we have a, a deep enough roster to be like, yeah, we can afford to lose him. You know, it's and there's not too many players like Alexis Vega that I can think of right now that that would be able to, you know, we'd be able to place him with. So you kind of just got to pay the man, unfortunately. Yeah, right. He needs, yeah, he needs, he needs his uh, his bonuses and whatnot. So if not, uh, yeah. No, I'm saying if not, I don't blame him wanting to leave or, or eventually leaving. There's also some other rumors going around: uh, a straight trade between Rayados and Cruz Azul, Isaac Romo for Charlie Rodriguez. There's been a lot of that going on as of late. Rayados and Tigres have been, um. They've they've really been the ones taking taking care of business and and signing all these players. Eric Aguirre uh, has joined Rayados. Jesus Angulo has joined Tigres, and then uh, you know obviously Cordova going to Tigres. It's it's just right now it's uh, whoever's got the most money is is king, or is Codazo? I don't hear him. I'm right here, fellas. Oh, there we go. What's up? <laughs> How you guys doing? We're good. We're here. We're just, you know, talking about the goats and their lack of funds. At oh, this God. point, just, just start a Kickstarter. Let's get good money. You know, we, we they can unlock, um, what do they call it? Unlock gold. <laughs> well, shit, let's get that Kickstarter going, man. How many... <laughs> How many Chivas? Uh, how many Chivas fans do we know, man? I don't know, but what's the? How many are on the Twitter? Like a uh, couple million, you know. At least if everyone gave five dollars, <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. It's worth it. It's it's. It, and do you guys remember uh, this group of fans in England, and they were Man Man United fans. And when uh, I think who was it AIG, no the Glazers, this American company bought, you know they took control of Manchester United. Yeah, so was they, that, that, that's that's who used to use it, uh, own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, American family. So they felt the team was no longer like English, <laughs> and they they made their own Man United team. They did. Yeah. And they even built a stadium. I mean, they, they and they're they're actually, I don't know, they were like in third division maybe. They have the team, but I mean, that's damn, that's damn impressive. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, we don't have to go all the way over there, but you can, uh, you know, I mean, it, you see it with companies that have all this money when they do crowdfunding. Yeah, right? like you see Haslab, and they say, "Oh, you guys want you guys want us to make this toy? We'll bring back Boltron or whatever, <laughs> and make all these fanboys. They'll start putting money, and and then like when they reach the goal, 
and it sounds funny, but dude, if they said, "Hey, you, you guys want Pizarro? We can crowdfund this and throw in money," and I bet some people would put in, you know. They uh, would, but 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 ten million would be just enough to overpay for a thirty-five-year-old Haid Pereira, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, w- Wimbledon FC did something like that. Like the team was going under, and then the fans just ended up like funding the thing and ended up owning it. But uh, there's also another rumor saying that there's still a lawsuit pending with uh, Angelica. And she might end oh, up. That she has been. She might end up uh, owning the team. No, no, she because um, the judge ruled her like like there was already like a ruling on that on the um, she was diverting funds, and so then that went away quietly then because. I don't know the daughter. Wasn't the daughter like t- like thumping her chest? Uh, wasn't the daughter loud or something about the the Chivas ownership? The which daughter though? Um, Angelica's no. Yeah, well, see, you you beat me to it. Uh, they have. Uh, I think she has two daughters with Jorge, and so in his will, I think they were left out of. Chivas, I think they have a stake in Omni Life and like other stuff that they have, but I think she's fighting to get them like, you know, a slice of that Chivas pie, and um, and that's that's where I think some of the lawsuit is coming, where she's trying to to get her claws back in there through her kids, but it's I, I'm pretty sure it's through her kids. And she's she could no longer be involved because of you know because what she did where she was like it was like embezzlement maybe I don't know if I'm using the right word here Damn. but I mean she's doing illegal stuff and and stealing money and whatnot and and when they did the ruling they they took away her you know whatever ownership and and rights she had because because at one point she was pretty much running the show. Oh yeah, she was, and uh, she was even sleeping with our goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without due respect to George, if he couldn't perform, I guess she. Needed- <laughs> <laughs> he was sick, dude. I mean, you know, she's like, I just need some slap and tickle. I don't know, man. It's it's messed up. It it really is messed up, and and just how it it turned out. Um. But I think, and, and um, I think one of the reasons, I, I, not one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons she had taken over so much, because I think at one point she, she helped, like she put in money, you know, like like to, for the club. I, I don't know if uh, Omni Life wasn't doing good, but I know she ended up like investing, and and that's why she she had um. So you know, she owned so much of of, of you know of, of the team and whatnot because she had put money. It wasn't just because of the marriage. Um, I think she actually had money, um, her own. You know. Interesting. I had no idea that got settled, man. I I just remember, uh, you know, one of the daughters 
thumping her chest about how they were going to take the team or whatever. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this is the thing because Vergara has a daughter that is adopted. And I know she she has like, she's kind of has ownership in there too, some percentage. And that's the one who who's married to a Boliviano. And I don't know if you guys remember a while back when they were, this news were saying about Amari was going to get the boot. Yeah, by a Boli, because of a Boliviano. Yeah, I remember something about well, that. That was the husband that was supposedly, they said he was going to replace him as the president. Okay. But, I, but that was like the news when, when they were just kind of attacking Chivas. Like you were seeing all these like, it was around the same time when, when all this stuff on um, Reimidas, Abusetich was coming out where you had mm-hmm. all the media just attacking him. And I was like, this is a bit too much, man. I, I, I get one thing is to to attack the, the teams, uh, maybe the performance or whatnot, but this is too much of a hit piece already, man. They're just, they're just coming at him from all angles. And, and then after around that time is when they, he started to 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 go after a Maori, but he he actually made a, you know, he actually made like a. I know he tweeted, but I don't know if he he, he did like a press release and he said, hey, "I'm not going anywhere, man. I don't know what you guys are." Can you imagine a scenario where you know she takes over the club, and uh, she's like, Angelica, Angelica, yeah. take over the club, all right. Yeah, imagine she takes over the club, and then, then out of spite, she, like, runs it to the ground. Kind of like the whole premise of, like, Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys have seen that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm you, imagine, that, you imagine she just, like, <laughs> hires, like, a clown as a coach and then just, like, tries to get us relegated. This could happen, man. This could actually happen. And then it's all oh, going to be man. covered on Amazon Prime in 4K. <laughs> it's a possibility, but I feel her main thing is to sell the team. When life and imitates that, art, man. And that was back when we heard all that slim right by there and all. She was she was at the head of the at the you know, she was one of the main main ones back then when there was all these rumors of, of you know, she was might be sold and I, I think she's one of the you know, that's that's her main goal, like sell the club because that's um what is it like um half a you know like 300 million, maybe somewhere between 300 and 700 million. What would you guys put it at? For the team and stadium? Yes. I'd say probably about 400 million, no? Okay. I know they had valued it somewhere around 320, but this was years back now, you know, adjusted for inflation. But but who knows? But I I know that um, she would, that would be her goal, you know. Because she, she knows that she would never be accepted if she ever did take over the club. It would be like almost a death sentence, I think, if she was to come in and and, and be there. I, I just think she knows the fans would never accept her and they could just, it, you know, it, it hurts everything, the brand and whatnot. And so, right. so yeah, ultimately she's just, Get get her money, you know, cash out on this. So so which uh, which goalkeeper was tending her pipes, man? <laughs> Luis Michel. Oh, 
Was it Michelle? Yeah, that's why they sent him to Costa Rica. That's yep. I think they, he was still on Saprisa at the time, right? He owned yeah. They owned Saprisa. He went there, won a championship, and yeah. He they said it was him and someone else. Oh shit! I don't know if it was Pato Araujo or something. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it was like a tag team, tag in something. I don't, did, did George uh, hold her hand during the instance? <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, he had no idea what was coming. <laughs> so I got a question for you guys because there's a lot of moaning going around with all these transfers uh, going on in between clubs in Mexico. You know, players that went to the Olympics like Vasquez. He's really the only player that ended up going to Europe. Uh, Puma sold him to Genoa. But Eric Aguirre, Cordoba, Piojo, Antuna, Jesus Angulo, all these players are being sold and bought within the league. And, uh, you know, we're not really exporting players to Europe anymore. Uh, do you guys think that this is why we're, like, in a slump as a national team, that, you know, we're not competing at the highest level, and that's why uh, we're struggling to qualify for the World Cup? Oh, man, Codazo. I'll let Codazo go first. No, no, go right ahead, Hoyle. This is this is your cup. This is your cup of tea right here, man. I know you love this subject. It is. I I drain it and then I read the I read the the residue. Uh, no, no. I I, I think we we discussed this whole Europe thing. Going to Europe makes the team stronger because it's been maybe twenty years of having more players than ever before. Even now, you know, it's it's the most players in Europe than than most any time in selection history. Um, what was it in '94? Was like what, just one player maybe? Luis Garcia that was in uh, Atlético de Madrid, you know. And in '98, how many players were there? Maybe none. So. Now you have like almost the whole first, or at least half of the first um, starting eleven, uh, starting eleven that are playing abroad or have played abroad, and and if, when we see the results, they're not any better. You know, we haven't seen Selección uh, over, you know, perform better than if you see the team from like '93, and I say '93 because that's the Copa America they made the final. 93 to 99, that that stretch was, I feel, when the selection sort of like matured, sort of like kind of they started winning all these things that they had never won before, um, confederaciones and and um, under under uh, under 17, and then even World Cup finally had that consistency that they never had. Um, I know fans don't like it, like, oh, second, just, you know, they just make it to the second round, but there's only two teams that have been able to do that since 94, Brazil and Mex. Those are like the only two teams right now. So at least they're, I think they're going at it. Uh, they could be at least campeones the segundo round, you know, if Brazil ever crashes. But, you know, I, I just, we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen the selección do better than than those results with more players abroad. So I don't, I just I don't think that's. You're not convinced. No, I just was 
I'm going off for results, you know. I, I do feel it's it's uh it's not having more talent. You know, I think that's ultimately you just need more players. And I think the league hurt itself with this with the foreigner rule. And it's not me blaming foreigners, it's me blaming the league for just not allowing more more of the local players to get playing time. And and it's even in second division where we see it where even those teams are stacked with foreigners. And and that's where I was gonna go, Hoyle, is that 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 the national team right now doesn't have legit competition, uh, legit yeah. internal competition between whether we have them um, ex- uh, players in the extranjero or at the uh, at the uh, local local league, right? It's uh, yeah. th- you don't have that legit, you know, camada de jugadores, right? That can compete for those positions. Yeah, I think I think there's you have a, a couple players that are quite a bit better than the rest, but you don't have anybody pushing them. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's where where um exactly what you said. I feel that's what's hurt Mexico, and that's why I felt like they hit like a like a roadblock, and they haven't been mm-hmm. able to to go to that next level because, like you said, they need to be more competition. Mm-hmm. If if there needs to be one or two dudes behind you already trying to take your spot, and then that will keep some of those players. Right, um, just more hungry because they know that this guy might, might you know, could take over, take me, uh, which is something you see a lot with like Brazil and Argentina, mm-hmm. you know, for to because there's always so much talent competing uh, for for those top spots, and and I think, uh, yeah, the the lack of playing time, I think that that is what I'm gonna say yeah. is hurts. The the rule definitely hurt hurt it a lot, right? So you're not getting those Mexican players playing in, in you know Liga MX, right? And then and then to add, we've talked about those competitions in South America, man. Those I think were huge for for the uh, for the oh, local talent. Libertadores, yes. Yeah, it was it was it, for and I'll say for the teams that took it serious because there was a couple teams that sort of like seemed to like they didn't want to be a part of it, right? You know. You had like Monterrey losing to Venezuela teams made out of like taxi drivers and whatnot. They were like, they didn't even want to go. It's like, dude, do we have to? Um, and that's messed up, you know. Um, but but I'm gonna give you this uh, fun fact, Colasso. Uh, we said it here before, uh, and this was a stat. I, I, I might need updating, but the stat was that. In a four-year cycle, uh, about eighty players get called up to the national team. So eighty eighty players will make the national team, even if it's a molero. And, right. and we we're seeing like the Mex uh, league with with the rise in foreigners. There's about what a hundred fifty, maybe maybe less players. Hundred fifty, and those aren't even. You know, you could take away the ones that aren't even getting playing time, and it'll be probably like a hundred. So I mean, you gotta like those odds if you're in Liga MX. You you get a couple games, you're you're almost guaranteed to get called up at least once to the selección. Right, and and that's that's a problem, right? It is. They don't have that nivel. (laughs) Yeah, you got a few games, and hey, you you know, we just we need someone, dude. Just who's 
who's available? This guy played three games. He's scored. <laughs> bring him in, dude. Bring him in. Where's Profe, right? Let's bring Profe in right now. <laughs> just, just throw him in there. <laughs> but no, and here's the other one is, uh, remember back in the day, the teams that used to, uh, uh, I get los que fogueaban, uh, uh, you know, the players that would become national team players, Chivas, oh, America, Pumas, Atlas, all those guys. What, 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 what's the development these days? I mean, that, that's the numbers I don't have. I don't see quite, quite those numbers, right. Of, of, of these teams developing the players that do become. Those yeah, national it's, team it's sort of switched off, but I think we have to give credit to America because they have been producing a lot yeah. of talent. So, uh, you know, and I guess Pachuca was one of them too, right? Yeah, but Pachuca became became one of the the main main suppliers of talent. I think Chivas was for a while, for, for a couple of years around around the time of um, the time that Vergara and he, he gets all the credit, but but it was the promotora that initiated the project with youth. So when he took over the team. That, that project that they initiated with Huero Real was already like, I don't, I don't know, like, was it close to 10 years? Something like that. But it was already a couple years in the making. Uh, I forgot if it was like around 90, 90, like late, maybe late, kind of late 90s or mid to late 90s. And he, he bought it when like, you know, two. But yeah, a lot of those players had already been, you know, all these players that we saw, Massa, Bravo, all of those guys had already been um, with the with the youth systems and and getting getting worked on. But this dude swooped in and took all the credit. So mm-hmm. he imposed fuerzas básicas, and everyone believed it. Um, and that was like early on, you know, the media was just like writing his nuts. They were making it seem like he was some sort of visionary, but it had actually been promotora, and, and it was mainly because money. They're like, we can't afford to keep buying players. We need to make our own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chivas just dropped the ball in youth because they haven't really, you know, it's it's not what, they're not no. what we saw that they're capable of doing. Right. Um, because what was it in 06? When I think it was so six, a good chunk of that selection was players from Chivas. Yes, sir. And, and so, mm-hmm. and that's so six. So now it's uh, how many years? I'm bad at math to use my finger. Even in uh, 2010. That's 15 years, man. Yeah, there you go. The quinceanera. <laughs> it's a quinceanera now. You got um, a kid, man, that keeps you up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but now it's always bad at math. You see my toes and fingers. Um, but but yeah, that's a long time. Uh, that's even if even ten, even twenty ten. That's still yeah. twelve years now. Um, going into twelve, you know, and that's that's what I'm gonna say about three generations, maybe or how many would that be? That sounds about generation right. Generation yeah. of players, right? And then because we have to mix certain from the years, you know, it could even be more. We're, mm-hmm. we're um. The, uh, the different age groups, I should say. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on with Chivas. I know they won, they recently won, um, what, one of their youth, one of their youth teams recently won, I think, their division. 
Was that the there wasn't a seventeens? One of those, one of the young ones, but it was the young ones, yeah. Which is a good turn because they had been at the start of the year. It was looking grim. It was looking bad across the board. Uh, all those teams were just failing bad. Um, I don't know what's going on. I know Leaño was. He was ahead of that. I don't know how much if he's still involved. You know. Um, so let's see. Let's see what happens there. But not just Chivas. You know. Um, I think a lot of teams just don't care to do the development. Uh, I, I do think Atlas will continue to do it because Grupo Legi, and you've seen them do it with Santos, uh, but they're not going to produce as many players because they're not dependent. Right. So that, that's what helps them because they could just have a crop of like four or five players and then just, okay, we're just going to... We're just going to focus on these guys because they could easily bring in uh, refuerzos from, from South America or another sister club, Santos. Uh, so Santos, Atlas. So I do I do see them that. But, you know, Atlas always been like, you know, academia and whatnot. So I think it remains to be seen if they're going to try to go more, focus on more, more of local talent. Because I don't know if you guys remember some of those games where where even Atlas had like almost a full Mexican squad. They'll have like maybe three foreigners. Yeah. And you you had, you know, and I, dude, I love those games. Those were some of the most entertaining games, you know, and between like Mexicans just going at it. And and these are these were players that they had already faced each other a lot of times through the youth. So that just made that just made that game that much more intense. Yeah, I agree. Um, how much is it to blame on the club or the player? Like, for example, uh, regarding Antuna, there was an offer on the table for him to join Middlesbrough, uh, the Championship League in in England, so second division. There was an offer on the table for him to go there on a loan and then uh, a future transfer of $6 million, and Chivas said no. And uh, so, I mean, how much is this on, like, whose fault is it? Is it the club's fault for holding the players hostage? Or do the do the players actually have, like, a choice and a decision or an influence as far as their future goes? Colasso, you're up at bat. Man, I, I just think, unfortunately, it's the nature of uh, Liga MX, man. It, it, you know, you know, it's it's inflated because of of the amount of Mexican players that are out there, and so these guys are businessmen, and they're not going to fold on that, right? They want they want yeah. top dollar for their players. If not, you know, if if it were a, a league that didn't pay that much, I, I, you know, obviously, then you could actually uh, blame the owners, but because of the nature of the of the league, man, it's 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 kind of screwed up for, for, for these players hoping to go abroad, but it's just the nature of that beast. Yeah, I have, I have, um, I do think if a player wants to go abroad, he will get there. I I don't buy the whole, they're being held hostage because they agreed to these contracts. So they're getting, they're getting all the, you know, good money. And so you can expect the club to, that paid all this money in the transfer and, and then on top of that on wages, 
to turn around and be like, okay, I'm gonna sell him to you for half. And then the player, you know, to add more insult to injury, and I'm gonna take a wage cut. So then they're like, oh, well, damn, you know? Um, it, it, so then, yeah, you you have to protect your investment. So I'm, I've always been more pro, pro ownership because um, for the most part, they lose a lot of money. And I, I feel like they've been vilified and then, but we could see already all these clubs that have folded because they, they just, you know, it just, uh, they just couldn't have the money to, to maintain the status with Juarez is gone. Uh, Lobos blew up, you know, they, they were only there for like, what, two years and then they had to dissolve. They weren't even relegated. Morelia. Um, <laughs> Morelia recently, and they had backing from Teva Azteca. And so, and, and you know, the list can keeps keeps going. We could keep adding uh, more and more names to that list of, of teams that that just disappear or they just weren't able to to stay in first division, which is why I ultimately I was for the no relegation because you don't have teams that can maintain uh, that status. And so then there's less... Um, for a lot of these teams, there's going to be less investment because it's like, okay, well, we can't get that much money because next season we might not even be here. So we're not going to be stuck with, you know, and, and we saw it with like teams like Veracruz in one hour, they would have to sell almost the whole team, which uh, which we, I think cause Chivas beat them, right? Chivas beat Veracruz for like one of these cups. When, like, you know, when the league champion plays the, the um, the cup champion, the Super Copa or whatever, yeah. And I think they played Veracruz, and I don't think that it was even the same, the same team that had won. It was like a, <laughs> it's like a whole, whole other team. It was like the extras, um, but that that we see it happen a lot. Um, so I, I don't blame, I don't blame it. And here, let me dig it up because I had saved, I had saved this quote from uh, the Cruz Azul guy. And I think it was in reference to Romo, you know, and he was talking about... Well, I think that's a great example right now because both him and Orbelin play for Cruz Azul and Orbelin's doing one thing, which is he's writing out his contract and he's going to be able to leave uh, in January to Europe. And then you have Romo who is going to take the deal and, and go to Rayados. Uh, so it's like, I, I do believe that if you really, truly want to go to Europe, you will go to Europe. I mean, look at what Macias did in order to go to Europe. So I, I do think that some responsibility is on the player. And at the end of the day, it's very hard to turn down a, a very fat contract. And, and, you know, you don't, you're, you're going to be getting guaranteed playing time. You don't have to know a new language. You, you don't really have too much competition. And you know the your peso goes a long way in Mexico. Yeah, and I think that's what happened to Pizarro. Um, Cause he wanted to go to Europe, but it was like as, as soon as I saw that, what was it, seventeen million transfer fee? I'm like you're not going anywhere, man. This is I don't know. He should have known. I, I, part of me thinks he does know because it's pretty painfully obvious, you know. Um, just the. the 
the European market just doesn't value Mexican players that highly. So he should have known. And he, he had that option to be like, I'm not going to sign. What would they do? Like this, this whole thing where it's like, um, you know, Pacto de Caballeros and whatnot, and that he was going to get it. Maybe it, it, it probably happened or was more prevalent, but it's not, it really hasn't been like that for a long time. Um, you know, Pulido returning is a big example of that. He he returned and even made it to Selección. Um, I, I think, so I think he could have been like, oh, I'm just going to let my contract with Pachuca end. And I think they would have, they would have said, okay, we're not losing money. We're sending him somewhere. Some Dutch team will get him for like four million or whatnot. They'll do some layaway plan. And I know Pachuca would have, you know, they're, they're no, they weren't going to lose the money. So I know they would have found him a spot. But I think he went for the, you know, he went for the money. And he's he got stuck there. Where is, um, I keep losing my, uh, my, my notes here that I had for, for stuff I wanted to bring up. As far yeah. as, as uh, Gavesita Ro, uh, Rodriguez. Oh, wait, wait, I found it. I found oh, you got my it. Notes. Here it is. This is from Alvaro Davila. He's the Cruz Azul president. president. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate. He says, I, it's an insult. Uh, the offers that come from Europe, he says, he, he, he finds them insulting. Uh, and insulting not just for the club, but for the player. And he says, but players don't take it that way. And he says, if they feel that we don't deserve them in Mexico and that they're international players and and uh, any offer comes that it's laughable, uh, I says, I don't understand why, why they feel they're going to make a career in a club that doesn't even value them. And, and see, I agree with that. Like, if... And we've seen it with, with certain teams where players go, uh, well, Macias, right? He goes to this team and they take him almost for free and he's just he's just riding pine. So obviously they, they don't value him as much. They're just going to see like, you know, let's see if you could, if, if you make it or not in these three, four, five games that you get, let's see if you could, you could be the second coming of Messi. If not, we got like a list of Brazilians and Argentines way, you know, willing to do the same. But see, I agree with this. Like if, if these teams, they offer pennies, you know, and, and they're not even that serious because then they, they take you on loan. So they're not even obliged, you know, it's I agree with this guy, man. Yeah, it's true. I mean, if you had genuine intentions then you would you would cough up the dough. The problem is the dough is is uh, unrealistic. Like Mexican teams want these absurd but prices. Yeah, but, but see, we, we just covered that. I mean, it's the players. The player could be like, you know, if he lowered his wages or whatever, um, and then they will cost less because that's something else you also have to like, that we also have to take into you know, keep in mind if you buy a player, it's not just the five million 
it's like the three-year contract and he wants like two million. So this is a player that is 20 million, you know? That's what he costs to the club. Yeah. So the player must have really ignorant agents working for them, though, too, right? Greedy. I would say greedy. Yeah. I would not say ignorant. I'd say these are greedy dudes because yeah. they, they get a cut. They definitely get a cut. They get their cut, right? And and, and they're so obviously then they want the larger cut. So, yeah, that, that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, at the end it, of the day, they, like you're, you, maybe you're, and maybe you're right. right. These players need to need to take control of those situations. And say, hey, this is what I want in the contract. Yeah, and 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 push their asses to do it. Right, not just not just go along and 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 uh, and just do whatever that agent says. They're the boss of that agent. Yeah, they are. But I mean, again, they they just go for the, they end up going for the deal, and so. At that point, you you're not gonna vilify the club. I invested this much money, and just because some offer comes, and now I have to sell you and try to find. You know, it's it's uh, unless we have to do something similar. You know, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna see how how the how it affects the clubs. Speaking about yeah. millions. Uh, you were talking about Cabecita Rodriguez earlier, yes, and it is picking up steam that he's going to go to Al Nassar FC in Saudi Arabia, seven million dollars. Oh man, they got a good. I was like, I yeah, I was like, any league MX club would want him. He's he's a very reliable player. Um, but I guess Cruz Azul cashing out, and uh, Colasso, you weren't on earlier, but. So the, the saying is that they're selling them because they want to push uh, Santi, uh, Santiago Jimenez. They want to promote, you know, give him more playing time, and hopefully he becomes, he is a canterano. So I think that, that that's big. You know, a lot of clubs don't have that anymore, as it did at one point. No, that is big, right? And he, he definitely has to perform then at this point, right? Not yeah, that he has, but, not that he's been terrible or anything like that, but he's gonna have to. Uh, but he's he's gonna have to grow really quickly. And it's a, and it's a, we were saying this earlier. It's it's you know year leading into World Cup, so if he he's getting more playing time and he's he's doing good, he could easily get called up to the selection. Definitely would be a preference over Funes Mori if he, if he's able to produce. Yeah, and he's he's also Argentine, right? Half or something. <laughs> I guess I guess he was born in Argentina, but was he born or was he born in Mexico? No, I think he was born in Arge- I think he was born in Argentina and raised in Mexico because right. of his dad's career. Oh, so he brought him as a kid. He brought him yeah, he's pretty much had his whole life there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they've already they've me. already ruled him out. He cannot. He's not eligible to play for uh, Chivas. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because you need to you need to be born in Mexico or be born of Mexican uh, parents. Yeah. What if what if they change the rule? Born of naturalizados. Nah, well, that poses I mean... an interesting question. What 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 does Chivas have to do to uh, to to be able to open up the amount of players that they have, right? That's and we talked this. They already they yeah. they already flirted with that with uh, allowing 
Bochos to play for Chivas. I don't think they're going to go any further well, than that. I do think so, Jaime. I, I do feel that. I don't know, man. The way the, way the league is, unless you see, like, they increase again. Because, look, you went, we just saw Chivas go, what? Was it, like, almost two years or two years without being able to get a player? Or even sell one? You, you can't maintain that, you know? No. You can't stay at that. In the long run, you're just going to... You're just gonna. We're gonna see more of what we've been watching with Chivas, where it's like, right. you know, mid to bottom of the table, missing out on two, three liguillas. Meanwhile, you have the Tigres, the Monterreys, and all these other teams outperforming you, and then this mythicism, campeonismo, starts going the way of Atlas '51 title and <laughs> generation or two by now. It's it's Chivas is the new Atlas, you know, and because there's no players, they 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 sort of like corner put themselves in a corner. So I do feel that unless the league changes back to a hey, teams producing a lot of players, then they will have to. Nah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that because that's the whole point of Chivas. That's what they represent is 100 yeah, percent Mexican if you're power. Not, if you're naturalizado, you cut that Mexican. You know, like Santi that grew up in Max, or you've been there like maybe 10 years. And I think. Uh, All right. Would. I would only allow this to happen if we were to get Zignac. <laughs> there's a there's a video of him on TikTok. He was at a concert the other day and he was starting to sing, you know, corrido. So, I mean, he's Mexican oh, in my yeah. book. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of players become like that. That's that's been one of the things of Liga MX, where you have all these players from South America and they come into the country and and they they end up staying to live here. They they even bring their families to live here. You know, well, culture think, is not that different from other South American countries. Wasn't there a kid on the? Uh... On uh, Tata's team in that last Molero that was born in Mexico but like raised like in Chile or something like that. Yes, Galdames. Galdames, yeah. His dad played in uh, was it Cruz Azul or America? Or his dad played in Mexico, and and I think the kid, I think he was just born in Mexico when when his dad was playing. Yeah, yeah. Similar to Mary, you know, Uruguayo, he was just born. He was born in San Luis, and then his dad brought, took him back to Uruguay. Um, and so I think it's very similar. But yeah, you're right. But even that guy, see, that's that. Do you think Chihuahuas will go after him? No, no. He was born. <laughs> why not? He was born in. <laughs> he was born in Mexico. He, he doesn't talk like a ranchero, man. <laughs> oh damn! You know, <laughs> even even Chilenos can't understand Chilenos. That's what a Chileno told me. Yeah. They do talk really weird. Well, Jaime, I see that, or or else your next best bet is have more pochos. I think know, I think US that is playing yeah. in MLS that they're able to make it, uh, and then that's if they're gonna want to go to Max. Right now, we yeah. have we have uh, Efrain Alvarez playing for LA Galaxy, and uh, Juli- Julian, I think Julian Araujo also plays for LA Galaxy. And I think that's as the extent as to 
you know, Chivas. Oh, there's, there's the Cisniega, the goalkeeper. Yeah. I think, I like, to an extent, you know, they, that's probably, uh, the like, the, the, the line that they'll cross, but I, I doubt they'll allow players naturalizados to ever play at, at Chivas. But who knows? You know, times are changing, and uh, right now the... The depth chart in Chivas is not is not looking good. Well, look, Chivas did start, right? Chivas didn't start as a Mexican only team. It actually started as a foreigner team. That's correct. And then they weren't even a Mexican well, only team; they were a Jalisco only team. the The owner was uh, Belgian, right? Or the founder? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of the players were from like. France and Spain and England. Um, so that was like the first team. You doesn't start getting more Mexican until the uh, Hermanos Orozco. Because that's what my, my, my getting the, the last name right. I think you are, sir. Yeah. Because then they're the ones that, that I think they turn it into a Jalisco team. You had to be. And it was just Jalisco, you know. And something similar happened where the league started bringing in um, players from South America and, and other places. And, and all of a sudden, they, you know, they said, okay, if we want to compete with these teams now, we need we need to broaden our pool of talent. And they they opened it up to any, any part of Mex. We'll see what happens. But uh, we are at the hour mark, fellas. Um, can't think of any other topics that uh, we've missed out on, except for the Cordova kind of making fun of Chivas and saying that Tigres are the bigger club and they're fighting for championships. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, man. That was a little bit tough to to swallow. That was that was that was the, the you know. The, Hard pill to swallow, but right now it is the truth. You know, Tigres are competing for championships, and Chivas are are kind of just uh, mediocre. Yeah. yeah, and I honestly think we're going to take a step back this this next season, man. Oh man! Well, we did lose Donio Rodriguez. He left Chivas, so we don't even have <laughs> like Godinho, who could be a straight up like you know uh, traffic cone in the goal, and there will be nobody to compete with him. So. That is a little bit concerning. Man. Yeah, I mean, what the the what was his name? Uh, Piojo for for Antuna was a trade, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I happen to think Antuna might be a little bit better. I oh, di- another, another. I disagree. Team another team, Antuna, because I was. Was saying I would have just left them. I think Antuna is very like one trick pony. He kind of reminds me of uh, Alberto Benida in a, in a way, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, he's uh, been uh, he's wait, been Alberto Medina after his injury. Yeah, after his injury. Yeah, and don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm not a big fan of Antuna. I feel like punching him in the face, man. Think of the Antonis, right? Whenever he messes something up, big ass teeth showing, right? All happy and everything like that. <laughs> I actually have a photo of him uh, when I covered him in Denver, and he's got that big grin on his face because he missed a sitter. So yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, I better not see you post that in the thread, man. 
And, you know, I'm not going to lie, the off-the-field antics, I, I do feel like it's good riddance. Um, but I, I do also feel like we should have been able to, like, keep him and have Piojo, you know, yeah. and keep Mayorga as well. Like, why are we doing these trades? You know, it's like we should be able to just add more competition to the mix. Um, and, and right now that's a big concern for me because we are right now, like, losing more players than we are gaining and That's the whole financial thing, yeah. I mean, I mean, what, yeah. what do you what, what do you think uh, Cruz Azul would have charged you for Piojo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then the plus could be promoting youth. You know, there's there and, is, and I and I did I did bring that up um, on the Chios del Norte Discord. Hey, you know, it's like I rather just at this point, like, let's not even try to buy overpriced players like let's just promote from within and they're like oh well right now in tapatio like everybody sucks and i'm like oh <laughs> i'm like well, see, but see we have to remember that one of the things that leaño did was send players to to spain to like the third and fourth division yeah so there's I don't know what's going on with those players. I don't know if they're still doing that. I think this is where the club messes up. And and I think, like, if you, like, say I subscribe to to Chivas TV, they should have given me updates, dude. Go do an interview to this dude that's playing in. uh, Yeah. I don't know what teams they have over there. Show me what they're doing in Colombia. No, they're not in (laughs) Colombia. We we know they had Marco Fabian begging. You know, and I think he he forgot, you know, because he was like, if you're like, because I was one, like, I guess to teach humility or something, they had to go like the street and pose as a beggar. Yeah, I know uh, Kubel did that. <laughs> I remember, I remember because Kubel scored. I mean, try it, try it for the show, man, and come back and tell us. I will, I will. <laughs> Just go to some. So man, you'll probably end up fighting some bomb because I was like, that's my corner, dude. I might end up making more money. <laughs> You're taking my <laughs> like, hey, guess what, guys? I'm actually making quite a bit of money just panhandling. <laughs> but I, I remember Kubo Torres scored a goal and then he celebrated like doing that, the Limosnero celebration, and I didn't understand it. And then he oh, said yeah. he said, Oh yeah, I went to Colombia. They they like flew me out there and they made me do that. And I was like, Wow. Yeah, yeah that was during the Brigada time. And I think it was part of the only life or one of his programs, but it was to help with like personal development. So they would send them to Colombia where they would, you know, get, get some of these classes. And that was one of the, one of the things they had to do. Was that when they had that life coach? <laughs> I don't remember a life coach. No, that's like a psychiatrist or something like that. That's, that's Chicharito. He's getting. That's Chicharito. He's getting cucked by his life coach. He was uh, also holding, uh, what's her name, uh, Angelica Fuentes' hand, right? <laughs> um, you know things are bad when we're starting to hear rumors of like, hey, guess what? Like, Kubo's a free agent. Uh, you have Carlos Fierro's a free agent. Van Ranking's loan is terminated. Al- Alanis's t- loan is terminated. Uh, Jurgen Dam is interested in uh, coming uh, Marco Fabian want, is willing to like scrub the floors of the Akron just to play for Chivas again. Like, there's players that are like desperate to get a 
a, a payday from Chivas. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Um, well, Marco, guess, uh, therein lies a problem, though, like like Joel was saying. So we're going to end up going after Pochos after after some time. It was, that's all you have left. That's I, it. I, you know, Mijaime doesn't believe me. It's, it's, it's either that or we're open it for naturalizados, which I think, I think they studied the possibility. We could have had Ricardo Pepe, but we didn't. And now he's off on his way to Bundesliga. Crazy. Yeah, he was at the youth, right? He he was uh, with the youth team, or he got imagine, a tryout. Imagine if he had he, picked Mexico instead of USA. He would still be riding the pine right now. No, but did he say he, or that she was turned them down for the youth team? I think so, right? He didn't make the, the cut or something. Man, I wonder who was. Because he was uh, FC Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, th- you know, things are bad when when FC Dallas is out scouting uh, Chivas, man. What they've had, I don't know if it's Dallas. I think what was the other team? Yeah, I think that's the team that had been um, that had been working really good with youth. Yeah, and and they had. Yeah. Uh, a really good program. They do. And when I was in I when I was in Austin for the Mexico Chile game, uh, I was at a bar and uh, I was talking to some some people that had traveled from Dallas uh, to see to see uh, Mexico play, and they were telling they were telling me about how that academy is like really really good, and it's like the one thing that like I guess Dallas FC does really really well is their their youth academy, and they have a really good program there. So. Yeah, and in Dallas you have the Dallas Cup. Oh, that's like right. Big, it's a major youth tournament, and if you see some of the names that have played there, you, you know you come across a lot of players that went on to become world class. I think that's where the. I'm not sure if it was the Dallas Cup or a tournament in Dallas, but I think that's where the um, Giovanni was scouted. By Barcelona when he was a kid. Giovanni Los Santos. I thought he was from uh, Monterrey, Monterrey, but his dad had a team, and they were they were playing over there. Meanwhile, Giovanni right now is homeless. He doesn't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> this dude can't even get a contract. Man, it's crazy. Well, I mean, I think and he can get a. I was just going to say, and he's about 100 years younger than Oribe, and he can't get the team. Well, you know, I think I think it's... it's um. His brother uh, just signed with America. Oh, he did. He's, he's a good player. I think he's going to end up doing good. I know he's getting some of that hate. I know he got injured, and his performance dropped a bit, but I, I do feel he he could be, a, a you know, still a good asset. I think with Gio, I think it's most likely his wages. He probably just doesn't want to lower them, you know? Probably feels like that Chicharo talk when he's talking to his dad that he signed with the Galaxy and he's saying, like, it's over. Or he said something like that. 
I guess he feels like his weight just dropped over a certain amount. At that point, he might as well just retire. You know, maybe clubs are hesitant to give Giovanni a contract after El Pollo Risueño took out part of his freaking quad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's the same player anymore. And then also, you know, he's always been a, a player that has been known to to party and to do off-the-field antics. So it's just crazy, you know, at this point, like, yeah, it sucks. I thought he was going to at least you're finish me, his career in America, man. You're telling yeah. me he can't even get a contract, like, for, like, Juarez or, you know, Mazatlan or maybe even, like, Guatemala yeah. or El Salvador, he, you know? No, he can. He, he can. I'm just uh, – I'm pretty sure he's turned on offers because he probably has enough money. He doesn't need to. He just doesn't need to play, you know? Or maybe now that his dad's dead, he's just like, I don't have to do this anymore, you know? I forgot his dad passed away, and and you're right because he probably maybe he'll join Nettie in Greece and start a fishing uh, and bait shop. Rival, a rival bait shop. A rival bait shop. <laughs> it just puts it like down the block. <laughs> By the way, man, since you mentioned Boyo Briseño a little while ago, I'm pretty sure I saw that he got his his coaching credential, man. <laughs> he did. He did, man. <laughs> He's gonna be out there teaching kids how to celebrate successful slide tackles. <laughs> Instead of doing the the Vasco and tripping a player, man, he's gonna take people's quads out from the sideline, right? <laughs> if I'm Kiwas, I I, um, if I keep him after he retires. Put him in in the youth teams. Make him work his way up. Yeah, but he's he's a tronco, man. I don't know if he'll make. No, I know he's a tronco, but as a. As... It's you like, know, you, you know, you can, the ceiling can only go so high, you know. I don't think you can be a better coach than you were a player, or maybe maybe you know, I'm wrong. There's, there's players that never played and went on to become yeah. really good, like, uh, what's his Like Josie Mourinho? Yes, there you go. The, the special one. Yeah, but that's like from? one out of a, you know, that's like one in a lifetime kind of thing. Like, Boyle's a tronco, bro. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I got well, see, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of the coaches played at one point and and like you know Piojo Piojo uh goddamn what's well, Piojo was a like, dude nobody could get past Piojo when he was a player uh, but he was pretty rough man who knows Oh yeah he was <laughs> like he had anger issues but I mean that guy was a beast What about La Volpe was he a good goalkeeper or was he, he a was, backup goalkeeper? He was good, but he was he was backup because he was in third. Oh. He was a third third uh third in line in Argentina the, that seventy eight World Cup. I'm gonna see um, if uh Omar Santos wants to speak. He's been on the chat for a while. Ah yes. He needs to Seems like he is a uh a Tigres fan. So Oh yeah. Yeah, we We'd love to we hear his perspective of things. I'm sure. Cordoba to Tigres. Yes, I, I want to. I can just picture him listening to this podcast while jumping into a pool of money like Scrooge McDuck, you know, like, <laughs> like Tigres right <laughs> now are just balling, just balling right now. They're just like, I'll take this player. I'll take that player. Um, they can keep balling, man. They're they're. I'm saying that company is, is, is top. Like they could easily build. Uh, even stronger team if they want it. Um, Semex, I believe it's. Okay, am I kidding it right? 
pretty sure I am. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Yeah, they're they're like worldwide. So that's yeah, there's. A, I I've seen them like about five miles down the road from me, man, over in uh, town of Pleasanton. <laughs> oh, Damn. okay. They they even do cement like in England, and it's it's uh you you could buy it over there, but it's not under Cemex. It's under like rugby or something like that. It's called. I know because uh, um, Tom Harrison. I don't know if you guys remember Tom Harrison. He he ended up working at was it Santos doing like player analysis. Yeah, I don't he recall. To, he used to tweet a lot because he liked tweeting like all these like about tactics. But he was this, this you know English dude, and he liked League IMX. And then he he ended up working in in Max for that team. But we used the to Tom talk. Marshall. No, no, no. That, that's another Tom. Okay. It's otro, otro, otro inglés. Okay. Um, but also named Tom, and he did end up working as just doing stats, you know, like the how they do for corner kicks and whatnot. And and I remember he was in England, and I was telling him about Semex. And later on the day, I guess he was at the store and he, he, he sent me a picture of the cement bag and it said product of Max MX. Damn. Damn. That's crazy. Hey, good morning, guys. Oh, what's up, man? Good morning. Where? What part of the world are you in right now? Um, well, I live in Belgium. Oh, nice. Oh, nice, wow. Man. Welcome. Yeah, so like uh, every weekend, uh, it's uh, waking up at two in the morning, four in the morning to watch Tigres play. So yeah, that is some dedication, my friend. How do you feel about Cordova joining uh, joining Tigres? Well, it is a a, a good player and uh, Angulo too. So like we have uh, good reinforcements. Um, Leo Fernandez is a great player, but he was not doing anything in Tigres. I mean, he was not a starter with Duca, he was not a starter with Piojo, so, so might as well get something done in Toluca where he can be the the good player there, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> I'm a little sick, I'm sorry. That's right, Leo Fernandez. Uh, he went to Toluca. So, uh, yeah, you guys definitely gained some really, really solid players, especially with Angulo uh, winning a championship with uh, with Atlas. And now maybe he'll try. I feel those are the type of players that Piojo likes. And I think it's, it's yeah. the team's beginning to take more shape as, you know, because he, he sort of inherited the team from, from Duca. I think it's slowly it's going to start changing it up a bit. And so I, I think, I, I mean, I think they're going to continue being uh, contenders, I feel. Well, that, that is that is a good thing about, well, having a, a company that backs the team. Um, also, like, people go to the stadium and stuff. Like, you know, you cannot ask Pumas, for example, to, like, uh, get, like, really expensive players when, like, the stadium is basically empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
bunch so, of students, uh, you know, living off of cup of noodles yeah, and whatnot. So yeah, they can't even afford a <laughs> ticket. And they're like. Yeah, and, and you know, like, people people criticize Tigres a lot because they say, like, ah, they just do it with money. Well, how do you think America has been doing it for decades? Yeah. Television's any money. Big club, you know yeah, what I mean? any big club. It's, any, any club that's successful has so, has been, is backed by a successful uh, company for the most part. Yeah, so, like, uh, I, I hope you guys buy your bags of cement because we need new players, so, like... <laughs> that's funny so, yeah hey, anyway guys I, I will keep listening because it's really early in the morning and like my kids are still asleep oh. Oh, so wow. I don't want to mess around with that when they are in vacation so yeah <laughs> anyway like, uh, good show guys and like uh, I'll, I'll keep listening okay thank you, yeah. thank you thank Omar you so much wow Belgium in the house nice, nice show You know, I is, went, that a first, is, is that a first time from Belgium, man? <laughs> uh, we had somebody from the Czech Republic, Alex, Alex uh, Duza. He he uh, he he's, he was from the Czech Republic la, last time we were on Spaces. So we got we got people all over the world, man. We worldwide. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we got the uh, well, Jaime got the analytics, and it was showing where people listen. And I thought it was like it was just random. I just. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, at first, I just, I just didn't believe it, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, it's crazy. The list is actually a lot longer. It just got cut off. So we have Colombia, Peru, Hungary, Spain, Russia, Argentina, Chile, Australia, India, Egypt, Guatemala, Belgium, Taiwan, Poland, Ecuador, Puerto Rico, Saudi Arabia. Indonesia, Honduras, Romania, Costa Rica, Uruguay, Switzerland, Bolivia, Uzbekistan, Iraq, the Philippines, Singapore, Panama, Gu- uh, I can't even pronounce this, Guyana, South Korea, Venezuela, Austria, Japan. Oh, I, sorry, this list is very long. <laughs> Dominican Republic, Ukraine, El Salvador, Netherlands, Morocco, Ireland, Kuwait, Algeria, Qatar. We worldwide, fam. We worldwide. Oh, damn. <laughs> Time to change the logo for the Cantina MX to Pitbull, no? Dale. <laughs> I'm actually um I, I get him I, in a, get him in his white caprice from the World Cup some years back, man. I wonder if he's on a cameo. I'll have to look him up and see if Pit, Pitbull's on cameo. We'll get him to do a <laughs> shout out for for us. Yeah. And this I'm guessing sometimes if you have like like a Cubs World Cup or maybe some some Olero, and and people would look for info or or just want the opinion of the other side. So I, I used to do that way back when, uh, especially with the internet. Um, and I would see when Mex started playing, like in Copa America or Libertadores, and I would look up like forums or newspapers or even like radio shows because you could you could listen to radio. Say let, let's see what they're saying about the team or. Or about this player? I've been to uh, Belgium. I stayed in uh, Bruges and also in Brussels. And, uh, yeah, had a really good time out there. And they, uh, they have um, they have two teams in, in Brussels, if I'm not mistaken. So they have, like, there's a, there's a, 
There's, there's a, a U.S. connection right there. I yeah. Mean, you know, Bel- Belgium's got a lot of stuff going on for them. The chocolate and waffles and Belgian fries and... Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, um, well, I mean, they've produced some really good players. Uh, you know, you could say that this is probably like their golden generation, but even with that, they still have yet to win any silverware. So, oh, My favorite beer is from Belgium. I mean, Duvel? Uh, or no, de- Delirium? It's Chimay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's brewed by Trappist monks. Or... So, I mean, they don't, you know, I've had I, it. I, think, I think they don't talk. I mean, they just brew beer, right? They're celibate. They don't talk. They brew the beer. It's the closest you get as tasting, you know, water turned into wine by Jesus. That and, <laughs> um, by. that and, uh, Dom Perignon, right? Cause that's also made by, uh, monks. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like six or seven, like abbeys, or I'm not sure what they're called, where monks still brew beer, because that's, you know, going way back medieval times and whatnot. You know, most of the beer was brewed by monks. And so very few places where you could you could get beer. There's one beer I've been trying to get. I might have to hit up Omar, because you can only keep... I, they don't ship it. You have to go buy it there. Oh. I can't pronounce it. It's like... West, and then it's like West Tail Ven. It's called West Tail Ven 12 or something. So it's 12% alcohol. And I haven't wanted to buy it because they don't even make a label. Wow. It's, just like a, it's just like a brown bottle, but it's like highly rated. You could find sometimes like a like a bottle for like 50 bucks or something. Just people, West, and then together, wait, you can't. West Tail Ven no, Westerven like Trappist? 12. Is it Trappist? Yes, there it is. Oh, okay. We have a you, They don't sell that at Total Wines and More? No, sir. You you have to go to the Abbey. You have to go right there with them and to buy it. And then you have to take like your passport. Jeez. And then you're only allowed like X amount. Oh. Because they only they I look- will only brew like a certain amount. And then it's like that's it. They don't care. It that's, says that's it says uh, the beer sales are only intended to private consumers. The web shop is only accessible to them. The reason we only sell to private consumers is that we want to give everyone as much a, as possible a fair chance to buy our beers at the correct price. Yeah, and I think this is recent. Wow, man! I think that's recent about the the thing because before they weren't. You just had to go there. And then they could only sell you a case or two. Holy crap. The Trappist beer trademark is legally protected and may only be used if the production of beer is, takes place within the monastery walls under the supervision of monks. Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, and that beer is like it's super hard to get. And it's like it's my holy grail of beer. So if I ever go to Europe, that's probably going to be why, just to go get shit-faced with some monks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even have to hear their BS, right? Like, yeah, they don't talk. <laughs> they don't talk. <laughs> that's true. 
my coffee in a barrel. So now I know why I, rem- I remember the name the Trappist. There's a there's a a brewery in in downtown Oakland called the Trappist that there I've been is. to. There yeah. is, yeah. I've actually that's, been there. Have you? It's it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's because a lot of the you know from way back when. Uh, if only because you know like the Black Plague, and so that was one one of the ways they they kind of fought it off because you know they the drinking the water wasn't as clean, but if you drank beer that you know had water that had been uh gone through a process so you were less likely to get sick um, only covid was like that <laughs> you know fight it off with beer fight off with beer and a cruda <laughs> the lockdowns would be better <laughs> or worse <laughs> Yeah, it says that uh, only six beers can carry the Trappist name. There you see, I got it. I was going off memory. Yeah, there's only like six beers, and I think it's four. Alkel, Chimay, Orval, Rochfort, Westmail, Westerville. I can't pronounce that That's one. That's the one. That's the one. If you West, type that one. And... It's like West TV El Teren. Yes, that one, and type it, and then the number 12. Because it's a twelve percent alcohol. And and most beers, most beers are like four point five alcohol volume, four point five five. Once you get higher than that, you're pretty much just drinking malt liquor, which tastes like shit. But the <laughs> Belgians, man, they got it right. So like Chimay is like nine percent. This bomb. This one's twelve. So I was like, damn, I need some of that. <laughs> I'll probably see Jesus if I drink enough. You know, get got questions. I'm sorry, go on, Jaime. We have uh, Sergio Lozano joining us for the first time, uh, catching a live show. Shout out to Sergio Lozano. Uh, let us know if you have any topics that you want us to discuss. Yeah, it straight up turned into a beer pod. I know it, it is did. Cantina, so. Yeah, it's uh, appropriate to the name. But, uh, I mean, we live close enough to each other. We can meet up at a brewery and do some uh, we should, some sampling for for the podcast. We <laughs> should. Uh, we might as well just go to the Trappist, you know. <laughs> um, Heck yeah! So you know, winding uh, down. This is the last podcast of the year. What do, what would you say was like the biggest uh, highlight for Mexican football this year? It's gonna. It might take a while for you to find one, but losing three times <laughs> to the U.S. In the span of a month. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me, man. We lost the Nations League final, the Gold Cup final, and then the World Cup qualifying match. But I, I don't say that's a big deal. I mean, it sucks because they're rivals, but I don't see it as like that big of a deal. The whole, you know, chicken little syndrome, sky is falling. I don't, I don't see it. Not, nothing at all like that. It just sucks because, you know, there's a team you don't want to lose to. What about you, Colasso? Highlights, I got I got to say, man, the curses that were broken. Yeah, I agree. True. Yeah, Cruz Azul and Atlas. Got to be a highlight for Mexican football. Jaime said that because those two curses were broken, that the third one is going to be Mex finally getting... To that quinto partido. We're gonna we're gonna break the the curse, man. <laughs> How many coaches are we gonna go through between then and then and uh, the World Cup? Though <laughs> we're gonna we're about to go through some uh, 
Chepo de la Torre shit. Oh, man. Oh, Don't cool. even that's say that. Mexico does have... Uh, Aguirre is there. Could you be 13 as a charm for Aguirre? Oh, man. That would be crazy. So, as far as the dates go, Liga MX returns on January 6th. And then the World Cup qualifying matches return on the end of the month, January 27th. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of action going on uh, next month. I'm very excited about that. And also... You know, that's when the transfer window opens on uh, outside of Mexico. So this would be a great opportunity for us to to recall Macias or to see if any player goes abroad. Yeah, I think that's the, the player abroad thing's probably slim to no chance, I think. I think you you I think I think it'd be a little bit louder at this point. I think Orbelin has a good chance of going. I think him and Salta Vigo have pretty much wrapped it up. But Right, right. Aside from him. Yeah. Hence um, the slim. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But for- hell, you never, you never know, right? The, the Chicharito move was came out of nowhere. I don't remember ever hearing a, a rumor about that. Next thing you know, he's at Manchester United. It did, it did come out of nowhere, right? There was no... There was no talk. Uh, I think Omar wanted to hey. say something. Go ahead, buddy. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, some, something uh, nice in 2021 was uh, Tigres finally making the World, the World Cup final. Oh, that's Like the right. first Mexican team to yeah. ever done that. Oh, that, that is a highlight. That, that is a highlight, yeah. Good call on that, Omar. No problem. And losing gracefully to uh, Bayern Munich, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they play good all their games. Usually have Mexican teams not play good or crash out in the first to some Chinese team. Which <laughs> the Chinese would well, have some to, ringers sometimes. To be honest, that final was the, the classic, the classic Tuca final. Uh, just everybody, everybody behind, like the Tuca boss uh, parked, and like, wait, you cannot do that against Bayern Munich. Like, we should. I, I would have rather lost six to zero, like, but at least some chance to attack or something. They didn't do anything on top. I'm True, just, but, I'm, I'm just glad we beat Palmeiras. <laughs> Yeah, they were the Libertadores uh, champions. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Like like I said, it's a highlight. Like Atlas, Azul winning. So it was, club-wise, it was, I think, a, a good year for, for Mexico. And even to go even a step back, the fact that Tigres actually won a Coca Champions League, uh, I think that's finally like the monkey off their back because, you know, they had fallen short so many times. So, I think that was also another accomplishment for for Tigres winning a an international tournament. Yeah, yeah. Finally, like you know, like that. that it, I think it got too 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 way too um, much pressure for Tuca with with their front office. Uh, with the you know, they finally you know gather some courage to tell this guy to like, hey, we need we need this, like you know. Because it seems that he, he was always like, 
this is another Molero tournament, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Tuca never really liked playing tournaments, like like outside of Mexico. Uh, he always he just prioritized the the league, and that's how big reason why he he has that record of he's never been fired. The only coach to never been fired in his whole career. He's never been sacked three four games into the season. He's he's uh, finished. He's always finished out the, the season with, with whatever club he's in. But yeah, I, I remember even when he was at Chivas, he he turned down the Libertadores back when it was invitational. They would like invite, okay, yeah, you want to play? So um, he, he turned one down. I was like, what? I remember as a fan, I was like, just live it. But yeah, I, I do think that affected Tigres that he sort of didn't want to he just didn't care for those tournaments until that when they did make the Libertadores final, and I think that was more to do with Elinge. I forget his name, really old dude. Elinge something. I don't want to get it wrong, but I do think. Alejandro Rodriguez. Yeah, and I think he's the one that was pushing for that, and they 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 did a really good tournament and made it all the way to the final with River well, Plate. What what they have done with Tigres is that the the Semex wants to make the team like an international type team, or, or at least that's the plan. Yeah, you know, uh, and um, well, for for that, even even today, like that's why Tuca was not renewed because he had such a stri- uh, stronghold on tactics, on marketing, on the uh, like basically like nothing was done without him saying the giving the okay. Uh, like play, play, like Gignac never gave an interview, and I mean, like a, a player like Gignac is f- to have to flaunt it out, like out to the world, you know, like that you have that player, and like for him to give interviews and all that to be on on the conversation. That's that's well, that's how you grow your brand. That's how it, well, according to uh, how what, what, uh, Jose Ramon Fernandez, that's how he made Puma a big team. By giving them the exposure and this and that, like and and Tuka was a blockade of a block of, of of all that stuff, you know. Yeah, very strict. I did feel that he had achieved what they had brought him for, and so I did. Part of me felt that they should have uh, gotten rid of him a bit sooner, uh, but it's it was just hard to because results-wise, he he did produce. Yeah, five championships. I mean, you cannot argue with results. Incredible. But anyway, guys, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Omar, for joining us from Belgium. Uh, we're gonna put a bow tie on this episode. We're almost at the two-hour mark. Uh, Sergio Lozano also uh, in the chat. Not by able to hear his voice, but he's been in the chat asking us about. The Pelaez conference and uh, what he thinks about potentially Angelica winning the the court case, and I told him you got to go back and listen because uh, we've been we we cover all this stuff, man. We've been yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah well, the court case would be for her daughters, so because she she wants her daughters to have a stake in the club because I don't I think they were left out, and so I, I she might get something, but I don't think she'll have enough enough uh, power to 
you know, to, to reclaim it. I, I do think she feels that that there will be a push because there's been talk of all the different um, siblings of the Vergara kids that ultimately they, they're going to want to sell the team. And I, I, that could that could be something that happens. And then they'll just divide the money. So she wants some of that. She wants some of that chiva pie. Uh, so that's, I think that's that's what's more on it than her, you know, actually taking over again then there's no chance of that and yeah we did we did talk about why <clears throat> as for the conference yeah i didn't really i didn't see it i know jaime saw it but it's just presenting uh Piojo, right yeah and you know like we were talking about how it, the press was kind of going off topic and not really focusing on Piojo and asking <laughs> other questions about beers, jaime? They were like, "Hey, tell us about uh, you know who else is coming, and you know what you know why why we had to do this, and you know is is Piojo actually like a fair replacement for Antuna, and you know is he even a Chivas fan? And you know they kind of did the whole they, they were grilling him, and he was getting upset. So I thought it was pretty funny. Um, predictions for twenty twenty two: Who's going to win the World Cup, and who's going to win um, Liga MX? Oh man, too early for me. For <laughs> I need to read the team. Put us up against the wall. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just so much uh, going on. So I, I need. I, I think league. You could. You could. I, I can't say one team because I think Liguilla throws that off. So I, I do think it's the usual suspects. It's going to be, you know, um, I think America, Monterrey, Tigres are going to be, a, once again, like the main favorites for the title. Mm. I think with Atlas, remains to be seen. I think they're going to, teams are going to take them more serious now. There's always that campionitis. There's always that, we've talked about that stat, that 60% of the time, teams that reach the league final fail to make the next Liguilla. That's 60%, you know, but I, I think, I think because of Orlegging, what not, they They'll be right up there. Um, but we've also said here how if you win, usually you need – you can't just bank on that same team. You usually need a refuerzo or two. I don't know what what Atlas has done to to build on that, um, on that campeonato. So – but that, I don't – I wouldn't put them as favorites again. Um, so I, I keep it to the usual sus, suspects, the same – Probably Cruz Azul, you know, we'll see what happens. Mm. But that's one I'll team that's the same four or five teams. That's huh? one team that's not going to win. It's Cruz Azul. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Leon, too, could stay up there. Uh, mm. Leon as well. But uh, I mean, let's see who else they get. It's a, it's like an aging team, you know. They need some of their players are up there already. So uh, I think because that's why. So I don't want to make predictions without like seeing what the, the refuerzos and whatnot. I see. What about you, Colasso? What do you think? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with, uh, with Joel minus Cruz Azul, right? About the usual suspects and probably going to go with one of the, the teams from, uh, from Monterrey, right? Or go with Tigres or, or Monterrey as a winner. Um, just, 
just going based off of everything we've seen over the last few years or so, right? They spend money, whether it's on coaching or players, and and usually uh, do pretty well. In Tigres' case, right, they they they've won quite a bit. Um, I'm going to go with stuff to watch out for, right? Nacho Ambriz ended up at Toluca, right? That's did. right, he did. So I'm curious to see what he does with Toluca, right? See yes. what type of improvements they have, and see if if that that next tournament they become a bit of a contender. I don't know what they've done in terms of refuerzos, and uh, but but that, that's one thing I want to keep my eye on is Toluca just to see what Nacho Ambriz can do. I've forgotten about that. But I, Unfortunately, they lost their best player, Sambuesa. He's at Atletico San Luis now. Yeah, I saw that, man. Yeah, that's a big hit. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with them. The other thing I'm watching out for, man, and I don't know that I'm buying into it. I know they mentioned they're not they're not selling Alexis Vega at Chivas, but... Oh, God. Uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> well, this, yeah, this will be Leaño's first full season. So that also remains to be seen. I think that that interview he did... Uh, I think that's where he sort of like put the noose around his neck when he said, I want to be the best or that he sees himself being the best coach in Mexico, you know, winning Liga MX and I'm a go and win La Liga and win the APL and the champions. And I'm coming <laughs> back and winning the, you know, this guy was just like hitting all these, all these high targets and saying, win the World Cup with Selección. And I think you, you put these big expectations that, the media is just going to latch on it mm-hmm. and they're just not going to let you forget. And and we've seen this before. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember when, when Bergara first bought the team and he said, I'm bringing the best coach in the world. And then he hired uh, Oscar De La Torre. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, De La Torre. <laughs> and that just, you know, he, he raised the bar so high and then that's that, man. So I, I do think that's going to, if he's not performing well, it's going to bite him in the ass. He's going to end up worse than Rafa Puente Jr., man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, but, yeah, those are the two things I'm looking out for here in, in starting the season, right? Just to check out those things. And I don't know, man, maybe, maybe we'll get more of a feel as to who we feel is, is champ as the season starts up, right? First couple of weeks or so. But but off of this, man, just, just off of uh, recent history, you know, got to go with, with uh, Monterrey or Tigres, right? So that's where I'm at. For sure. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, if you're looking at regular season stats, America was the best team, Atlas, Leon, Tigres. Rayados were in ninth. But obviously, you know, things change, off-season moves and whatnot. I do think that the teams from Monterrey will be probably, you know, most consistent and probably up at the top of the league. Um, but, you know, Leguia has shown to really upset everybody. So I really don't know who's going to win next season. But now that you mentioned Nacho Ambriz and Toluca and they got Leo Fernandez from Tigres and I don't know, you know, they might they might be a contender. They might be a dark horse for next season. Um, they had started good. Remember, Jaime? They were yeah, they did. The they did. Early in the season. And, uh, and then they didn't win for like six or seven weeks. Uh, yeah, then they crashed almost towards the end, but they they were pretty good for a while there. For me, what I'm looking forward to next season is seeing how 
Alvarado does with Chivas. I don't think he's ever played for a club this big. And we've seen it time and time again. Players just don't, they can't handle the weight of the jersey. And it's it's not the same playing for Chivas than it is for Cruz Azul. So I'm curious to see if, if he can get a pop. Was he, was he a Cruz Azul when they, when they, you know, finally won? Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Well, there you go. I think that helped him because that was a lot of pressure too. You know, uh, that team that had been the butt of many jokes. Uh, and I think yeah, that... but he wasn't there for like the fracasos. I don't think because he was at he was at uh, Pachuca and Necaxa, and then Cruz Azul in 2018. Yeah, so I'm just curious to see how he does, how he how he meshes with the team, and uh, I'm also curious to see how Pelaez, uh, you know, what kind of other deals he can he can do before the start of the next season. And um, my prediction is he's probably going to get fired next next year. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't see it happening behind me. I honestly do think like he's just talks a lot, and the results have not happened. And I, I'm just not confident that Leano was the right guy for the job. I'm very disappointed yeah. that they didn't get go after somebody that was actually experienced. I, I, you know, I think Elias. I think he was on his way out. Remember. They extended his contract in December, so just this month. And and I think the reason for that was because I, I do feel Leano like sort of knew that that was coming in and he made his his push to take over the team and he had the whole backing of the of the Akron people, because they're related and they're like one of the main sponsors for Chivas, so Amari sort of like pushed into a corner. You know, do I lose? Do I lose some of this potential money right now that we're broke? And so I think he gave in to that, and I think he keeps Pelias because I don't think Amadi really wants to be just you know be the day to day or and and Pelias is sort of becoming that that phase. You know, he's willing to take the he's willing to take the hits. So I think he's gonna get blamed for a lot of the stuff, but I. I feel this is a Maori's camp right now. I don't know how long he's going to have to show that, okay, I could do this, you know. Uh, so I, I don't think they would sack him on that. I think uh, a Maori would just, if, if they let a Maori do his thing and then it fails, then it'd be like, all right, Polaris, just you could, you could try to straighten the ship again. Well, yeah. We shall see what happens next year, but I want to thank all of our listeners for an amazing 2021, the support, the engagement. We see the numbers. You guys listen to the very last drop of, of all of our episodes. We appreciate that. We see that, and we're very excited to see what happens in, in 2022. Obviously, more podcasts where we engage with the fans, like on Twitter Spaces and on YouTube chat, um, but thank you. Everyone, uh, Omar, thanks for hopping on from Belgium. Um, hope everyone has a great night, and we'll see you next year.